Ellie's the one who actually like she's lost her sense of taste and everything. Oh wow. Which she is. Oh, she did that when she married you. <laughs> oh, what a singer! Oh. Are we recording? Good. Yeah, welcome to this episode of You Never Talk Alone. Um, I'm nobody's friend, Joseph Craven. <laughs> welcome to You'll Never Talk Alone. Everyone here is having a great time tonight in the recording session. I'm Joseph Craven, joined by Alex Lebel and Will Caves. And, man, we got a real crap match to talk about, I guess. <laughs> that's, a, that's a thriller. I'm excited about that. Uh, in our last episode, Alex and I got together and talked a bit about how uh, at, we were recording as Brighton was in the middle of beating... Um, I already forgot Tottenham's name for a second. <laughs> They're in the middle of, of beating Tottenham, and we were recording, sitting there going, well, look at that, Brighton's beating Tottenham. Haha, <laughs> that... Probably is fine for when we play them, right? Right. But then, uh, well, then we actually played them. And as it turns out, the mix and match lineup that worked against West Ham was not going to work against Brighton and Albion. A, another gross 1-0 loss. Yikes. All right, Alex, let me ask you this to kind of start things off here on the episode. Uh, comparing... The West Ham match, um, the Tottenham match before that, the 3-1 victories, comparing that to Brighton, what was not working in that Brighton match that worked in those other matches? If you really had to break it down, you could probably say everything. I mean, we could not, we just, it's one of those things, and we've talked about it before, that for some reason, this incredibly amazing football team just forgets how to do basics football actions. They like forget how to control a pass. They forget how to make a pass. They can't like dribble. They can't really do anything. And this was a prime example of one of those matches. And I mean, that's surely born out of physical fatigue for sure. Uh, but right. mental fatigue more than anything. And Klopp called that out post-match. That's just like, those are just mental mistakes. You're just, forgetting to do the basics and the things that you have known how to do since you were a small child. Right. Um, so, I mean, we, we just couldn't really do anything. We looked listless. We looked like we were moments away from pulling something. I mean, especially Milner. Uh, I mean, we looked like a team that's missing eight or nine players and was playing their backup goalkeeper and a midfielder and some random guy uh, who has found his way into the starting lineup at center back. Um, and, and it's so hard to get rhythm. And there's, I mean, we've talked about it. Everyone's talked about it. There's so clearly a blueprint for how to beat us. And Brighton did that. And we played right into that. And that that's pretty much how the match went. Because West Ham, uh, they didn't do that. They didn't try to stick to that blueprint, especially after the first half that we had was just so terrible. Um and that played into our hands in the second half. But now we just look like Control-C, Control-V from the Burnley match, from all these other matches we've dropped points in. It's just, it's hard to say frustrating because, I mean, it is, but at the same time, there, there's some baffling decisions. But you can't really blame this group of 15 players that have had to carry the workload the entire season. I mean, Since of course. Like September. Yeah. yeah. Like, of course this was going to happen, and it's not surprising. And the only surprising thing is that, like, w while we have 
found kind of ways to unlock that and maybe evolve beyond the team that gets stopped by this every time. We just couldn't do it and we couldn't execute. And it's, it is what it is. It sucks, but it's hard to be too pissed because these guys are exhausted. Yeah. I mean, Will, you look at that starting lineup of the, you know, Mo and Bobby and you're like, all right, cool. And then there's like Shakiri on the other wing. It's like, all right. But then it's like the genie, Millie, Tiagi uh, midfield. That's that's how you say it. You know, yeah, that mid- midfield in there and all that. You've got the, you know, continuing to have to use Hindo at, at center back because the center backs that we brought in to, to help us out, like hadn't even gotten there yet, basically. <laughs> hadn't even arrived yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but you look at that lineup and... I mean, does, is that a lineup that you look at and think, oh, yeah, this will totally work to break an ultra-defensive team? I mean, like, the tools are there, right? Like, the answer to that question is obviously no, because they haven't done it. But you look at that lineup and you think, like, okay, Shakiri had something different. Bobby and Mo are two of our, you know, quote, best players or what i mean they are yeah. uh, there's no quote to that no quote hated <laughs> quote, there. Uh, best quote, players quote, over here allegedly just, uh, leading the league in scoring like I mommy mean, what the so like you look at the lineup and like tiago is a champions league winner last year and was the mvp of that match in the in the final like as it comes with uh pedigree a great pedigree we got you know genie who is i mean just a you know, every game is good except this one uh, from Genie. And, you know, you, you look at the lineup on paper and you think, okay, we'll probably do this. It's just Brighton, which is probably what Spurs right. thought too. But like right. the, look, and, and before I go on, Brighton played really well, honestly. Yeah. I mean, Dunk was great. I thought they looked really good moving forward. They looked really good, like um, playing the ball out of the back. They, you know, they, it, it's frustrating to 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 watch and like to think that we're still in a game when the other team is playing so well. We should beat them, but like we're still in it, and we just never click into that final gear. And I don't know if it's fatigue. I don't know if it's just if it's you know mental. I don't know. It, it's it's frustrating to watch, though. It's frustrating to watch these players that you know are better than they're showing. Yeah, I mean, like, who else could we have even? Put out there. I mean, I guess we could have started Curtis Jones or Ox, but like, I'm looking, <laughs> I, I'm looking at the the unused substitutes, and it's Reese Williams, Ben Davies, who just showed up. You know, Costas Tamikas, Nico Williams, Jake Kane, who I forgot was a human being. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, it's it. This has to be the biggest selection nightmare that I've seen uh, the team have to go through, right? I mean, that's just it's awful. Oh, it's just terrible. And you know, the worst part about it is, is that like even everybody you just listed, like some of those same. Well, you didn't you didn't actually just list like a Rigi, but like those same players beat Barcelona. Like we we right. did the same stuff, you know, in seasons past, and actually overcame. And so like you the thought is, oh, well, they can do it, right? But mm-hmm. they can't anymore. And so, obvi- or maybe they can't right now. I don't know. Maybe it's too cold or whatever. But, like, the these guys have done that 
not that long ago they've played well. Um, I, I don't know. It's, it's just frustrating. Like, like something Alex and I were yeah. kind of texting a little bit about last night is it's nice that we can have and can rely on Jared and Shakiri and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain again. You know, guys that either weren't healthy enough to really contribute or just weren't like there enough, it felt like, with Shakiri, whatever that issue was. But like, you don't want to have to 100%. Alex, maybe you can add on to this, but you know, you don't want to have to 100% rely on your depth guys to be the key to success. You know, like you want to have depth guys like that who win. There are one or two injuries. That would be nice. Um, they step up. But like this is a situation in which it kind of feels like maybe we're just we're having to ask so much out of our depth players. Alex, I don't know. Maybe I'm uh, I'm, I'm misquoting what you and I were te- texting about, but uh, you can add on to that. Well, no, and to Will's point about them having done it a while back, uh, I mean, yeah, it wasn't that long ago. Um, and I think the the biggest difference now is that when we were using them and they were coming through for us in 18, 19, and, or, yeah, and then 19, 20, it was like when, when we used them, we were able to, like, throw them on and hope for the best, not right. we need to count on these people because they're all we have. And I think that's kind of um, where these players – kind of reside for us at this point. I mean, Shakiri may be a little bit higher because he does offer that something different. Um, but that also means he's probably not on the same wavelength as a lot of the players. He seems to like click with uh, a select few, uh, especially Jota, who we're unfortunate not to be able to see. Um, yep. But Arigi, especially, it's like Arigi is a, a spray and pr- pray kind of player. Like just throw him out there, see what happens, hope for the best. He'll wreak havoc and he'll tackle Andy Robertson in our box and then kick it out for a goal kick. I mean, that's the kind of chaos he brings. And that's not really what something you want to count on. And especially it's not something you want to count on where it's so understood that before the game, and we talked about this last week, like, you know, Divock Origi is coming on. You know Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain is coming on. You, and if Curtis Jones doesn't start, you know Curtis Jones is coming on. So, like, in addition to our starting lineup, like, we know who's going to come on. We know the subs that they're going to make and whether they're kind of those fitness-related subs where you look at the sub that we made for Bobby Firmino, which was clearly fitness because when you're down 1-0, you don't want to take off a player like Bobby. But he didn't start against West Ham because they thought he was going to get hurt, and that was probably about as far as they thought mm-hmm. he could go. Um, and you're just kind of you're throwing on stuff that is such a drop off from the already dropped off quality of our squad that you're just left yeah. with what we got, and it's it's unfortunate, really. Uh, and you brought it up, Joseph. Like I, I was shocked that Curtis Jones did not start, honestly, because yeah. of his impact against West Ham. Yes, because of what he brings to the midfield, because of the the type of team we were pro- we were about to face. Like we knew what they were going to do this entire time. And, uh, the, maybe the only exception that to, from this match to the Burnley match was that Brighton were better at just playing the game than Burnley were. Burnley clearly, like, they didn't want the win that they got. They just got it <laughs> because of uh, English officiating, essentially. Yeah, Brighton totally got the accident. win that they wanted because they played it really well. I mean, they, they played Dan Burn out wide to go after Trent and hoofed it up to him and kind of play off of him. Uh, but, I mean, Curtis Jones would have been the type, especially with Thiago, to... Get into those spaces. Maybe could have 
actually taken a first touch. Uh, maybe could have actually done a competent soccer action. Uh, and, and I just was shocked that he did not start and was brought on so late. I mean, he's been the spark and we just, we had no spark. We had nothing. And we had the, the one instance, I, I'm sorry, I've been rambling, but like, I just think at that moment when we did the free kick, which is like the trademark Tiago free kick where he's looking like he's about to lay it off and he doinks it over the wall. Yeah. And Bobby just like, he just stood there. The ball was there for him to just hit it into the net because he was unmarked and he was he just looked like he didn't know what to do with it. And that's that to me kind of rings of mental fatigue, but I just I, I couldn't believe some of the stuff I was seeing. Well, yeah, and I wonder you know, a mental fatigue, but also like does is some of that, you know, uh lack of chemistry amongst the players that we're having to rely on a little bit more. Um, obviously these guys, I mean, they, they all know each other quite well and they've all been practicing and training together for, you know, at the very least months now in terms of like Tiago, but for most of them, at least a couple of seasons by now, at the same time, like against West Ham, we were playing an entirely different strategy. We were playing almost directly through the middle. We were playing more of a diamond. And on this one, we went right back to the the four three three that we we tend to do, but with like a little bit less um, midfield movement. It was back out to I don't know, but I, I just wonder, like you know, was Shakiri maybe not as comfortable on the left wing as he normally would have been if he were coming in for Mo on the right wing? You know, I'm wondering about those sort of things. Like, is there a little bit of that chemistry that just because we've had to have um, these players? play a little bit more and a little bit more out of position maybe at times like Milner being in the actual midfield instead of the at left back I mean like what you know his natural <laughs> position of left back no but like you know to be able to have to rely on all that to have to rely on these guys and all these but I wonder if there's also some sort of chemistry issues I don't know maybe that's not it at all maybe it is just entirely the fatigue issue um, which again makes total sense uh, but either way, it just well, was, and, was a mess. And sorry to jump in on that, but I mean, it's been something that Klopp has said most press conferences after matches. It's been like we're looking for rhythm and we're yeah. trying to find rhythm and we're trying to find stability. But it's so hard to do any of that when you're having to change at least one player, if not two or three, every match. And so, I mean, I think it does tie into some of that chemistry because all these players that would maybe play together on an American tour in preseason are now being counted upon to hold up our title challenge. And so I think that does play a part in it. Yeah. And like, I I realize I said that, Oh yeah. Like in the case of Tiago, he's only been with the team training for a couple of months. It's actually been much less than that because of the injury um, that he had to deal with, you know? So like, not only did he not get a preseason, like what you just said, but then he also almost instantly had an injury to have to rehab from and so he's basically just now in the team and with the team. So, yeah, like, obviously, we're all huge Tiago fans. I mean, Will, your your daughter sings the song still, I'm assuming. Yes, she does. O- but only when we win. It's be- been very sad lately. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, like, it's, yeah, so, like, we all, we all love him and we know what he brings to the table. Um, but... Yeah, you got to think the team's still getting used to him a bit, like on a, on a free kick like that. Um, all that being said, uh, I do want to real quick, and this is just a, a, a total off 
off point, but um, yeah, Brighton playing Dan Byrne, a six six player out on the wing just to mess with Trent was an incredible game plan. Like, could you imagine if we had if we back in the day like put Peter Crouch at wing back and was just like, <laughs> see what happens, man? You know, that's like it. It just is. It was chaos. And it ended up working out perfectly on that Brighton goal where he was able to, you know, uh, get the header, kind of lay it off. And I know Nat Phillips kind of whiffed, but like at the same time, he just, it just was one of those. I mean, it was such a quick moment of just like, oh, the header's falling in. Okay. And it's, it's in the back of the net. Perfect. Wonderful. You know, so anyway, it just was, yeah, you're right. It was a, it was a, it was a good game plan. Good game plan from Brighton. Um, but, okay, so we've now had moments here um, in which we have, as a team, played well against Tottenham and won, played well against West Ham and won. Um, and then you go back right before that, and in the league, it's that that Burnley loss, right? So, like, the away matches were going well, but at the same time, it also happened to be matches against teams that were up in the top half of the table. I know Tottenham slipped a little bit more after losing um, again, but uh, they were up high and in the in the top four range, top five range, and, you know, we, we ended up with that victory there. Brighton was in almost relegation zone. We lost to them. Burnley, almost relegation zone. Lost to them. Will, right now, the team just really seems to be playing entirely to the, the level of competition you know, kind of based on where they are on the table. Maybe the only exemption being that um, that that goalless draw against United when it was like two top of the table teams and we played to the level of United as they actually are and not what they said at the, you know, where they said on the table. Well, I was going to say United's crap too, but the, yeah. like, I've been saying since you guys, since, somehow since I tricked you guys to letting me on the podcast, I've been saying that, which is something we, we have openly regretted yeah, well, for yep. seasons now. Me too, but we've made it this far together. Uh, the We play to the level of our opponent so much. And it's not even like right now, but we've done it over the past few seasons. Like, And I've, I've said before, if a team will line up to try to beat us, we usually win. I mean, like right. you, if you look at our records versus the top six, I mean, we spank Arsenal every time we play it. Well, almost every time we play them. We Tottenham, perfect example. Oh like, yeah, those teams try to go. They they come to the to the game trying to win, and the Burnleys and the Brightons and the Sheffields and those guys like they're just they're not they're trying not to lose versus trying to win, and it's yeah. such a different game plan that. For some reason, over the past five years, Klopp has not figured out how to fully unlock, which I don't know that it's entirely... we did for a while. The past past couple of seasons, we finally were like, ah, here it is. And then I think even with Jota this season, we had it again. And now we're like... Alex and I joked in the last episode that, hey, it's like the old Brighton is back because we were Mm -hmm. winning matches 3-1. Now the old, old Brighton is back. (laughs) We can't break a team open. Um, It's... Well, like... Yes, but also we we had Van Dyke in those teams. We had yep. two defenders playing at center back. Yep. Um, we had <laughs> like 
it's crazy to watch these games, and I, I, I'm just spitballing here, but I'm sure if you went back, like we probably played the last five games with six midfielders on the pitch, like in in varying positions, right? Like yeah. you, you you look at the teams that we've selected, and somehow our midfield has managed to make it, except for Fabinho, uh, who is the number two center back in the world, apparently, uh, behind Van Dyke. The like the midfield has made it out, and so these guys like Henderson and somehow Genie has managed to not set, play center back, but like Fabinho, those guys are just really carrying the water for the entire team right now. And so you're right in that you look back and yes, we did figure it out, but that collective that figured it out aren't playing. Like we have we don't have those players out on the pitch anymore. I mean, like Mane is a huge contributor to breaking teams down. He's not out there. Van Dyke's balls that he plays out of the back are a huge contributor. He's not out there. Um, You Hendo is playing in the, you know, at center back. So we can't pass sideways. He's got to pass forward. Uh, You know, those, the, sorry, the, that is, I mean, it's a ripple effect. Like the injuries, are a huge problem and it is easy to get frustrated about our performances, but you can't forget that those players that were breaking down those teams are simply not available. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly what it seems like. And it's funny scrolling through, uh, the best, um, soccer website in the world, ESPN FC. Um, and seeing headlines like a video clip that says Liverpool's regression is more than injury related. No, it's pretty much injury related. <laughs> like the fact that no one has ever been able to play, right. you know, it, for more than a couple of matches in a row without getting hurt, or the fact that no one has been able to, you know, play their natural position. Yeah, uh, you know, it doesn't. Have, and then someone else, another video says here that uh, Liverpool don't look like they'll beat anyone. They literally just beat two teams in a row, right? A week ago, <laughs> like I. Like that was a it was a terrible match against Brighton. It was a terrible match against Burnley, obviously. But no one looks good this year. We've said it a million times now on the podcast. No team looks amazing this mm-hmm. year. Um and it was like team- a month ago, right, that we beat somebody like seven to nothing. Like it was, you know, that that's not yeah. that long ago. That we we obviously it's so stupid. Yes. The reaction no, dude, that was fake. The re- that was fake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't even a real competition. I mean, if we're being honest here, uh, but yeah, no, the reactions are just always outstanding, um, in like a negative way, outstanding to me because it's like, yeah, we know it's a it's a rough, a rough patch and all that, but I mean, when City started this season poorly, I mean, weren't there rumblings about like oh, has Guardiola been found out? You know. Like, there were weird grumblings about that. Look at them now. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, well, I mean, it's City's title to win. We, we always said it, right? I mean, I <laughs> say, and they were great from the beginning. That's what every pundit is saying. Like, never doubted yeah. them. No. It's, like, honestly, you know, us being a bunch of Americans, that's, in the NFL this year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in the Super Bowl. At the start of the season, everyone was like, oh, yeah, Super Bowl favorites. Like, two weeks in, people were like, the Buccaneers might never win a game. They are so bad. They're the worst team I've ever seen in my life. And then by the end of the year, it's like, oh, yeah, no, I mean, this is the Buccaneers. Never never count them out. They're so good. It's just like when, when all you can ever do is react, and I get that it's like it, that's, the, that's the trendy – that's the rea- – like reactions sell. They do in sports journalism and also in uh, 
uh, YouTube. Congratulations, ESPN. You're just YouTube. Um, you know, it, reactions sell. They just do. And I get that. But if, you, if you're constantly reacting to things like this, it, it, oh, it just, it, you live and die by it. You just, and most of the time you die by it. I think that's one of the things why we have to just, you know, still just sit back and go, okay, like this has been a season where literally everyone is hurt and we have, you know, kind of just had to survive it best we can. um, And we're still in a top four position with a chance to even mess with the team coming up soon that everyone thinks is, all automatically the champions in city who we were, everyone was just writing off a, a month, month and a half ago. <laughs> I feel like there is a lot of, and, and we don't see this as much because we live in America. Um, like there is a lot of latent, like desire to see Liverpool lose. Mm-hmm. And it just throughout the country, I feel like, and, and I hate to be like an agenda. Oh no, there's an agenda against us. Like, yeah. There's, there's not, like, un, you know, not talking about the refing decisions or that junk that happens because yeah. that that also happens. But like, it, it does seem like everybody is just waiting for us to stumble, and like, there is no nuance to the discussion. Like, we are either running away with the league or we might as well be relegated because we're terrible, and it, there's no in between. And like you said, like. Sunday is a six point game for I mean for real like we could we could easily be within touching distance of first place again if we went on Sunday and it, it it like it just seems because of our performances like we're so far away and we're really not I mean the whole the league like you said is crap yeah. um it it is it is frustrating to me to just sit here and listen like and to, to see the top reds on Twitter talk about how like everybody needs to leave and Klopp sucks and no, yep. just go away, please. Yeah, and it like it was kind of evidence in the and I mean, we talked about it this weekend in the American sports coverage of the Premier League when not a month ago the studio discussion was does Klopp need to shut the hell up? Like that was essentially the topic that was discussed because he was like. Uh, vocal about the scheduling and vocal about how it's not good for the players and vocal about how we're not getting any penalties. Uh, and then before the match this weekend, the coverage was how bad do we feel for Klopp for having to go through all this? And mm-hmm. it's like, what are you talking about? Do you not remember what you said? And I mean, it's just, it, it kind of seems like last year when we were doing so well, <laughs> there was the let's enjoy this story and then now that things are going wrong, it's kind of like everyone was waiting for that pile on. Let's enjoy this story. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, I, and like you said, I, you don't want to be the agenda guy, but it does feel like particularly harsh when things are going so wrong. And I mean, you even look back to how Van Dyke got injured and how that wasn't even a foul or a red card. And like people are just kind of forget about that. People forget that Van Dyke was injured because someone snapped his leg. Uh, and like that's just the thing that happened and it's like oh well they won the league last year so even if people get injured they should be fine like no we're not even playing with the same team we have some of the same players uh and i mean you look at the team sheet and yeah a lot of the same names are out there but they're all over the place so it's it's nothing like what we were playing last year 
And I mean, you look at the bench. The bench is negligible. There's three players that we're going to bring on every time. There's no need yep. to have anyone else. We ha- we do it for the rules reasons of having a full bench. Yeah. But like, you look at how we I were think, when we found. Well, hold on, hold on, Alex. Hold on just a second. Are you trying to tell me that it wasn't an incredibly intentional decision to have Jake Kane sitting on the bench against Brighton? You're trying to tell me that wasn't in the game plan. I mean, if he's not getting in against against Mitchelland, he's not getting in against Brighton. <laughs> Uh, but, I mean, when you look at how we won those matches last year, when we did have a way to break these teams down, we were bringing on certain types of players at certain times to do yep. specific jobs. And yep. now those players are mere memories in the history of Liverpool because they've been injured for so long. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, there, we have no right to be where we are on the table because we're not Liverpool anymore. We're Liverpool reserves. Yeah. Uh, and right. we're, we're still the second – like the Liverpool reserves are the second best team in the city of Liverpool. So, and we're still above Everton in the table, but we're not the same team that we were last year. What's, and what's crazy to me is like, if you go back to the beginning of the season, like the summer transfer window, right? Like everybody's like, Oh, Klopp needs to sign a center back. We got to get a center back. And he didn't. And you know, that was kind of the story for a little while. Like, can he survive the season? I don't think we'd still be in the same spot. Like if we had gotten Kabaka, I mean, I guess he's good. I mean, I'm sure he's fine. I, don't, I haven't watched Shaka much this season, but like the like you get a player in, you still playing Hendo at, at center back at this point. Like you're still, I mean, for real. Like it's not, yeah. it's not yeah. any any different. And it, it, this season just sucks. <laughs> it it's does. just terrible. Yeah, something about playing a game every 48 hours just isn't right? good for people's bodies. I don't know what it is. I will say that like. Aside from Van Dyke, the only player that we can't really afford to lose is Salah, who has been somehow like can't knock on wood, hasn't been injured yet, and like is still carrying the team to a degree. Like, if we didn't have him, I, th- I used to think it was him and Mane, but obviously we we see what losing Mane gets too. But like, if you don't have, I think if you lose Salah, it's we're then we can start talking about next season, you know, right. like, cause we just right. move on. But like at this point it's still available. I think Fabinho is maybe back at the, at the weekend, I think is what Klopp said. Mane's possibly. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. And we know Davies and, and Kabak are the two greatest center backs in history, right? Which do you think they both start against city? I don't think they do. Well, no, they're both injured. They play center back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're done. Injured. Right. Now, Will, you, a hundred percent. Like you saw against Brighton, you saw uh, Salah make that incredible move. You know, earlier in the game, uh, early on in the game. I mean, you know, made the incredible move and just kind of sent it over the bar. And you're like, oh man, there's Salah doing the Salah things again. And then the rest of the match, absolutely nobody helped him. Absolutely nobody gave him an opportunity to even like try to do. Like it's the the dude looked as as like mad as I think Muhammad Salah can possibly look mm-hmm. <laughs> because he just is always smiling no matter what's going on. He looked so frustrated with the fact that anytime the ball came anywhere near him, he was just kind of in the corner with no one helping out at all. And mm. his best option was, well, I guess I lay it off to Trent again and try to run in the middle so that Trent can rocket the ball uh, across the entire pitch and out of bounds. Oh, well, you know, like, yeah, you instantly saw, I was like, oh, yeah, Mo, there's Mo making Mo runs. Oh, it's just going to be so good. And then the moment the rest of the team was just like, nah, we're not attacking anymore. I mean, that was it. 
No. That was it. You saw you saw his importance is what I'm trying to say. It's yeah, just, yeah, for yeah. sure. But you also see, like, to your point, you see the importance of somebody like Curtis Jones. Like, why? I mean, why did it take so long to put Curtis on? It, I mean, he's not a game changer. He's 19. But, like, he is at least a direct player. He can – he'll find Mo. You know, like, he he's, he's the type of player that's always going to look up and play the ball, you know, where it needs to go or at least try, you know. But, like, I'm – this cross, you know, just cross it forever. Amen. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. I'm done. I'm sick yeah. of it. Yeah. And I don't I mean, know when the last time we scored a header was. It was like uh, the comeback against Barcelona. Maybe <laughs> it seems like it might've been it. Maybe, maybe. I don't and, remember. I mean, you look at what happened in the moment of the match against West Ham when James Milner was really, really mad that he got subbed off and then Curtis Jones creates something immediately and scores, and Millie's the happiest, happiest guy in the world. Mm-hmm. Like that's why you bring Curtis Jones on because he's going to get into those pockets of space and do something. And he needs more time than ten minutes. Um, and I mean, yeah. this is kind of something we talked about in our pre-production meeting. But I mean, mm-hmm. this is we we use the same three people every time we come off the bench. And I, I I don't know how the loan deals work, but I mean, we have some reasonable people out on loan i don't do we think it's even realistic to call them back because if there's if we're not going to use the entire bench then we might as well just not even have them there we just have the three people we're going to use every time there because it's it's just they're there to fill seats but should we be looking to bring some people back that might potentially offer us actually something so that we're not playing the season with 16 people i mean who who the like Grich yeah. it doesn't change anything. I know we love him on this podcast, but like I don't think that's Harry Wilson's not the answer. I mean, am I missing somebody? I don't know why we sent Minamino out on loan. That just baffling. He was to too me, short. Like, he was too short. Yeah. I guess so. Uh, and, but, and we have Elliot as well. But I and I, I they surely they're better than if we don't think that they're worth someone who has no hope of playing, then let's just like, I don't know, sever their contract or something. Cause you, we literally view them as less than worthless. <laughs> if we're, there's Pete, we're picking Jake Kane as a seat filler and yeah. we're not even bothering. Like, I, I don't know how the deals work, but again, I, I guess I'm just desperate at this point and I've seen Harvey Elliott do really well, but you know what? Screw Blackburn, get him back in. We need someone like him. We need someone off the bench that isn't Ox, Origi, or Curtis Jones, just because uh, I, I, City knows that we're going to make those subs. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I can't remember who we play after City because it's probably what twenty minutes after that game ends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they know who we're going to bring on if we don't start whoever starts. Like, but here's the thing, though. Let's okay. say that we let that we were to recall a, a Harvey Elliott, you know, and and we use him for uh, as a sub against City. But then, like, you know, uh, we start getting players back. And suddenly we get back to, like, the 11 of, you know, Mane, Bobby, Mo, uh, Fab, Tiago, Hindo. I don't know exactly what the combination is supposed to be in midfield, but let's say. We'll never find out, probably. We'll never find out, you know. Uh, But, like, we start to get all these guys back. All of a sudden it's like, okay, well, where in the pecking order is Harvey Elliott at that point? Um, And do we just... You know, we kind of talked about Alex, but like, do we try to go up to Blackpool and go, hey, look, um, 
can we get him back for like two games like we did <laughs> last year with Nat Phillips? You know, can we just do it real quick and then we'll just send him right back to you? You know, it's like the moment that we recall these guys, well, what do we do when they're not needed anymore? Uh, does it still benefit them to just be training with the first team or does it benefit them to go back out on loan? That's where like I feel like the Minamino loan is an opportunity for him to get more than just training with the first team um, at Liverpool because he just, you know, bless him. We do, we do love him a lot, but like, you know, he, he has never looked settled so far. Um, And obviously he doesn't get a huge amount of opportunities to come out and, and play as a sub, but like there's probably a reason behind that as well. And you just wonder if maybe that's a chance where like, yeah, send him out so that he is on a, another premier league uh, roster He's getting a little bit more of a run with another Premier League first team to get used to that sort of play. Basically, what I'm saying is I hope it's more than uh, like FSG didn't want to pay his contract because we're having to bring in two center backs. <laughs> <laughs> Which it probably is. It probably is. Probably the is. You know, the, you're right. But the... I don't know. It, it you. I, I'm, I'm kind of with Alex though. Like you, you start grasping at straws at a certain point because you just like nothing seems to be working. Um, mm-hmm. I will say that I am encouraged by the fact that we got two center backs. If we had just gotten one, I would I would be like, oh crap. But like two, I don't expect either one of them to turn into Virgil Van Dyke overnight. But like they're gonna be good. We always like Edwards and Klopp usually make good signings, and as long as they don't get injured, we actually could see the ideal midfield by the end of the month, probably maybe sooner. Um, But, you know, by that point we will have played city Leicester Leipzig and Everton and Sheffield again, sadly, Mm -hmm. but like, you know, that's a long time to bet in two new players. And, and I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm like Alex. It's almost like the, the devil, you know, you know, like you just like, give me somebody that I've seen play before in red, but, I don't know. I am encouraged though that we have two center backs. We'll see. I mean, Alex, you are our Bundesliga, Bundesliga. Sorry, correspondent. <laughs> I, I can't even say it. It's no. You know, I don't watch it. Uh, you're the, <laughs> the correspondent. The, you're, you're the Germans' league. Germans' league guy. The Germans' yeah. league guy. What I mean is Kabak gonna just spit on everybody? Well, appara- what's he doing? Apparently, Kabak is is six one, but plays like he's six eight. Right, <laughs> Alex? Is that right? Yeah, is that basically uh, the scouting report? Before I get into the scouting thing, I, I would just add on that like we're at Liverpool Football Club is the biggest fan of the hashtag like a new signing pool uh, and <laughs> I imagine like if we have no money for transfers we at least have some people on loan uh, and really like the teams you listed off that is a huge workload for 16 people uh, and I that's really the only reason I would throw that idea out there is like we just need bodies we need people who are fit and some of them actually happen to be kind of good. Uh, I mean, I don't think Grujic has really played as much at Porto, and who knows what Harry Wilson's doing. But Elliot's been good, and like, and me and Grujic was good last year at Hertha. Yeah, and so it's just like it, it, even more than just like being desperate. It's like we, but they're not hurt right now, and that's better than we could say about most of the players on our team. So I, we, we own them. So it could be an option, and if things get dire. Uh, so I was wondering about that, but yeah, um, I was actually pretty surprised when you said that, 
Ozan Kabak was 6'1", because every time yeah. I've seen him, he just plays taller. Like, he, he seems massive out there. Uh, and he's, I mean, because he's so good in the air. Um, and he's just a big dude. And so I was actually pretty surprised when he said he wasn't as tall as I thought he was, because um, he does have that presence. But, I mean, he's... He's good on the ball, ambidextrous, willing to carry the ball forward. Um, the the spitting incident that you brought up was kind of out of character for him. Like he's, he's he seems just like a good kid, um, and I know he said it was. He is a kid. I mean, he's yeah, what twenty now, and he, yeah. I, yeah. you know, it's he's. <laughs> I thought he was a little bit older, and then I saw the reports. I was like, oh, like you thought he was taller. I thought he was, I guess, a middle aged man. I don't know, <laughs> and, and it's kind of hard to gauge what his current level is because he's just been in such a bad team uh, and I know we've had success bringing players in from bad teams and relegated teams but there, there's just been so much of what he's been forced to do is not what he would want to do and not what a team that wants to take hold of a match would want him to do but there's been a lot of times where he gets on the ball and just does something himself uh, and it's been really impressive he's a very uh, progressive player uh, from the little bit I saw of him at Stuttgart and then in the brief flashes when Schalke aren't total garbage. Uh, I mean, he, he is something that somebody that we would like in our team, something that we were looking for. And I mean, it speaks volumes about him that we were interested in him before based on David Wagner's recommendation of him. So I, mm-hmm. I'm excited to see him play. Uh, and I know you asked the question earlier in the pod I would say play both of them. I, it's more of a risk at this point to play two midfielders or a midfielder and a guy that was eighth choice at Liverpool. Uh, and, I mean, he's done as well as he possibly could, Nat Phillips has done. So credit to him, but also we're playing Manchester City. So I, at this point it's more of a risk not to play them so that we can, one, get our midfielders back in midfield, and two, just have midfield options. Like having Hendo mm-hmm. as a midfield option, that's four people we can choose from instead of three, so it's not mm-hmm. totally automatic. So I I know it's been a week, but screw it, play them. It, yeah, no, I, I think you're, especially if Fabinho is available, I, I could see that being a good choice. You just let Fabinho sit behind the other two and just kind of help. I think that's a good, oh, we lost Alex. I All think right, that's a good... <laughs> I think that's a good choice. I also think that somebody like, according to, I mean, we all watch the championship every weekend, but according to what people say about Ben Davies, like he is apparently an excellent passer, like Van Dyke level passer or close, you know, you know, at least comparable, which is awesome. We haven't had that from the back in a lot in a while, Mm -hmm. but like, you know, it, it just. That's neither actually of something them were, that uh, uh, Alex and I talked a bit on the last episode. We, we were recording like as the Ben Davies news was starting to show up. <clears throat> um, and we talked a bit about how uh, Alex was able to find. Um, I forget who it was that shared it. Um, Alex, who was that had that that passing chart that you mentioned? Yeah, it was Sam McGuire who posted the Sam, passing yeah. kind of like heat map of Davies yeah very similar and it was kind of like this you can see why he was on a list at all and why we actually moved for him uh and so to your point will like yeah that's exactly what we need coming out of the back he's left-footed there's a really great article on the website that should be sponsoring us but isn't the athletic um Mm -hmm. by tom orville about like why left-footed center backs are really valuable and i i would that would be a good reason to have him in there 
Um, also because he's a central defender. And <laughs> just because we, we, we need it. <laughs> so, like, it, it, I mean, go back to the Brighton match. Kind of a reason why you look to maybe lock up the central defenders not on the last day of the transfer window. Yeah. Maybe the 30 preceding days before that yeah. deadline. I don't know. Not a doctor. Who knows? Who knows? Because we don't know what the situation was in terms of like financially, like, okay, what were, you know, what did we feel like we had to justify clearing up in order to be able to bring in who we want to bring? Or what do we feel like we'd be able to uh, justify negotiating later in the window? Um, you know, because that, that Abba, uh, Kabak, sorry, I was, <laughs> I started combining his first name and last name. Abacab. Yeah, you know, that, the Az, Azkaban center defender. There it is. Yeah. Um, so Ozan Kabak, obviously, you know, the, the deal ended up being like a loan with an option to buy, um, which maybe that's not available at the start of January because they are, you know, Shalk is just really like, no, no, no. Like you have to pay us more money flat out outright right now. You know, yeah, it sucks, but maybe there were some financial benefits to that, um, that, uh, only matter to ownership and not to us as fans, <laughs> but you know, whatever. <clears throat> so guys, let me just ask you a bit, um, about sadly enough about the, the Manchester city match, because we do have to address that one now. Um, it is funny, uh, before the Brighton match, I was like, Hey, uh, I was like, I told my wife, I was like, yeah, it's, uh, I, you know, Liverpool's about to play, so I'm, I'm going to sit down and watch that. And she goes, and they're playing again? I was like, yeah. She's like, man. Right. She's like, isn't it Wednesday? Do they normally play on Wednesday? I was like, they do when there's way too many matches going on. She's like, this is like the third or fourth match in like a week, right? I was like, yeah, yeah, pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. So even she was picking up on the uh, match congestion. Um, but coming up on on the seventh is City, and then of course the thirteenth is Leicester right after that, and then the sixteenth is a possible match against RB Leipzig. That we'll talk more about that situation in a minute here. But knowing that we have um, actual center backs that we can play, knowing that we might even be able to put you know Jordan Henderson in the midfield, God forbid, uh, you know against City, knowing also that. As we pointed out, we tend to just play to the level of opposition. Um, and if a team is going to, like a, like City, is going to try to, you know, flat out beat us um, and not just play not to lose, uh, do we feel any sort of hopefulness about this matchup against City? Like, I, I don't know. Alex, you want to you wanna start us off here? I mean, what do we actually, like, think about it? that matchup at, at, at this point in time? Uh, our fits and stops kind of play has made me seem like an optimistic fanboy of late, but I'm actually really confident going into this match because, I mean, Klopp historically has done pretty well against Pep. This is a match the team is obviously going to be up for. It's like we talked about, if they're going to come out to play, we historically do pretty well in this match unless we're hung over or get Mane sent off. So, I mean, I think this plays into our hands 
very much into our hands because this match, the reverse fixture, was the last time that you kind of saw a weird handball be called. I mean, since then, since the Joe Gomez penalty that De Bruyne missed, we've had like eight of those happen to us, and there have never been handballs again. So naturally there will be handballs when we play City this time. Like, of course, it's going to be a call. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, I – I mean, I'm hoping we play our new signings because it just will give us a better shape and get us back closer to what we were before. Hopefully we get at least one or two of the injured people back um, just so we can actually have our team again. But yeah, I I think we're going to be able to go at them. It's going to be tough. They've coped without De Bruyne really well, um, and they've coped without Aguero really well. So it's... They're a very good team, but this is uh, one of the weird matches where I'm not scared. I'm more scared when we're playing Sheffield <laughs> at this point. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, I'm nervous because uh, it's a home match, and we're just obviously so much better on the road. Um, <laughs> and so speaking of that, there was a stat from Opta that was put out um, that this season, 88 88- of the matches have been won by the away teams and only 79 have been won by the home teams, which is the, the first time in top flight English history that the away teams have had more victories. So there was a, this one. yeah, there was, um, it, when the, the, the Bundesliga did a lot of, uh, will you've heard of it. Um, <laughs> but the, the Bundesliga did a lot of looking into the, uh, the stats from last season because you know they were the first league to to start back, um, and so they looked into uh, a lot of the statistics in terms of home and away victories uh, when when they restarted, and it ended up being that away teams were getting a lot more results than they typically used to um, as well. So there's like even evidence there from the Bundesliga from last year about uh, you know the now that's the Dutch league you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. I'm sorry. That is the uh it's the uh, Austrian second division. Ah. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly what it is. My favorite. So, yeah. <laughs> Alex is obsessed with it. But yeah. I think that's yeah, I think it's fascinating that you actually do see um like a, a direct impact being made it seems um from the uh the lack of fans uh in that regard. But Will, anyway, uh, let's jump over to you. I mean, what what are you thinking in terms of this match? Are you still feeling optimistic going up against City? Well, you know, we said if if we play to the level of our opponents, we then by just virtue of that sentiment, if we play down, we also would play up. And yep, City is a team that I'm not really afraid of usually we have historically played and like you said unless Mane decides to kick someone in the face we played pretty well against them um i think this is a game this is a weird game because like we could lose and i would feel okay not because it's city but because like this i don't know for maybe i'm jaded because we've finally lost the home you know uh record and we've you know we've kind of been up and down lately, but like I would be okay if we lost this game, but I really don't think we will. I could mm-hmm. very easily see it being like a one, one draw or nil, nil draw or something like that. Um, it's just, it's a weird season. And I think weird things have and will continue to happen. And perhaps in this game as well, I, I think as usual, we match up pretty well against them. Um, I mean, Nat Phillips is historically 
you know, just going to have players like Aguero in his pocket all game. <laughs> and it's, it's going to be. I'm just actually more entertained by the, the phrase Nat Phillips historically. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I didn't mean to cut you off. It's just, you said it and I was like, that is poetry. Is right. what that line. Yeah. Is. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. It's, it's bizarre that we're even like having the conversations that we're having, but no, I, I'm not, I'm not worried about city. It's kind of like, I'll just take whatever. Um, at this point, I do think we'll probably draw. Um, I don't often predict draws, but I think this will probably be a draw. Yeah, I totally understand that. I, I, I can't say that at this point I would feel terribly optimistic just because I know how low the lows can be when, uh, when we're so shorthanded and things uh, can go, you know, just a little bit wrong. But that being said, I mean, like, I'm looking back over the the results and, um, you know, 3-1 against West Ham, 3-1 against Tottenham. Both of those teams were, you know, in top five spots at the time. Uh, whatever, you can take nil-nil against United take that however you want who cares um but you know like yeah I mean I guess Southampton was maybe the one that's like the the weird one because Southampton's doing pretty well and it was a one nil loss but you Mm -hmm. keep going back and it's like most of the time the the teams that we're going up against if they're doing pretty well we're going to do better than they are. You know, like we Mm -hmm. still, exactly what you're saying earlier, Will, like tactically speaking, when a team just tries to play us straight up, we still have it in us to be able to overcome that. And it's when they throw different looks at us, um, like a a six-foot-six wingback (laughs) in Dan Burns, you know? Sure, why wouldn't he be a wingback against us? But... Yeah, so like you, you look at all that, and it makes me wonder. Okay, so does Pep Guardiola see that and say, "Yeah, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to change things up a bit more," um, because we know Klopp is a type of coach who is Plan A, and there is no Plan B. But that's not always Guardiola. So, like, is he going to try to mix things up? If he does, will that backfire? Like, there's there's a lot of variables going into this matchup. Um, a lot more, yeah. I think, uh, that that go into play that you know, keep me from being like really buying into all of the positives, but there's a lot of positives going Mm -hmm. into it. So, well, and like you said, I want to interject because Guardiola gets in his head, gets in his own head a lot. Yes. And, and we've seen it since he came to the premier league, especially like he could very well overthink this match and try to create some weird, like triple team on, Robo or something and have it completely backfire. You know, like, like that there's, he might see like one thing that's not indicative of any pattern, but think it's a pattern and go for it. So, I mean, it's, it's very feasible that they come out looking weird and we're up two nil at halftime, you know, yeah. or it's, it, so you're right. I mean, it's, it could be anything. It, it's just, I just want to interject and dump on pep for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. Well, and you also never know when, things are going to start clicking again for some of the players that it's not quite clicking with, you know, like Trent has been real bad recently, you know, like he wasn't even looking at Burns during that, that Brighton goal. Like Mm -hmm. he'd had no idea that the six foot six guy was right behind him. (laughs) Like how do you, but but he was so good against West Ham. Yeah. 
Like, exactly. It's you know, wild. That's what I'm saying. But no, like you go back before West Ham and suddenly it's like, well, uh, Trent's kind of not doing on much anymore. But when Trent's doing well, we're scoring three goals against West Ham. We're, we're beating Tottenham. You know, like, you never know when stuff like that is going to start clicking again as well for certain players that maybe aren't quite as uh, doing as well right now, but we know can in in a heartbeat. You know, Trent and Robbo can absolutely turn a game upside down if they're they're both on it, and they love to rise to the occasion against a team like City. So <laughs> again, there's so many variables. I don't even know what to say about. At the end of the day, I don't know what to say about the matchup. I just don't. And, I mean, it's – today's Thursday. The match is Sunday. That's plenty of time for five to six people to get hurt. So right. I was just about to say, yeah. Available. Or somebody – Allison will pass around his illness to all, the mm-hmm. whole team. Yeah. It would be awesome. Yeah, I can't wait to see, you know, how Jake Kane is going to line up against Man City. In goal. In goal. Right. In goal, yeah. yeah. Why not? Why not? Um. So <clears> – <throat> I don't know if if we feel like trying to uh, give any sort of prediction about this um, this particular matchup, but uh, Alex, let, let's just kick it over to you real quick. If you do, you think that this could? Uh, what do you What do you think? What's your What's your prediction? And then we'll we'll talk a little bit about the weird Champions League situation before we wrap up this episode. Yeah, I mean, like you both said, Potter giving Pep something to think about was probably the best thing that could have happened out of the mm-hmm. previous match. So looking for him to have Laporte and Stones up top in a 4-4-2 diamond, uh, I think we'll handle that. Uh, and I'm predicting, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and predict a 2-1 win with a goal like that one, what was it, two years ago when Clavon headed it across to Lovren uh, and he tapped it in. It's going to be Davies heading it across to Kavak. <laughs> and tapping it in for the win. It's going to recreate that goal exactly. Why not? I love it. Will, you you think in draw? 1-1 one, one draw, yeah. I, I think we pretty – it seems – this is a whole different podcast by itself, but Allison has kind of lost his allure somewhat a little. It, you know, like he doesn't seem as impervious as he used to be. And it's not even really his fault. It's a bunch of crap goals going in. But like the, you know, I could easily see them scoring some fluke or like a, a terrible handball call or something mm-hmm. and getting a goal. And then, you know, like I think 1-1 one, one is is what I'm looking for. I do think we'll score just through force of will um, just because Salah won't go two games without scoring. Right. You know, it, it's going to – something's going to happen. They'll force it and I don't know. We'll see. I think it'll be good. Yeah. It's tricky. I, you know, I, I, as if, obviously, if you couldn't pick up on it, obviously, I have no idea what to expect. But it just seems like it's one of those matches that is 100% built to go any way at all. And, like, it's understandable that it will. You know, it could very easily be like, yeah, we come out firing and we're ready to rise to the challenge and we absolutely dominate. Sure. It could be both teams just kind of play to a stalemate totally understand that it could be we're just too exhausted and and city wants to go ahead and like claim you know this title for the most part you could see almost any outcome so if you could see almost any outcome i feel like uh the only logical outcome is uh that we win seven nil you know right that's Mm -hmm. That's the only thing that makes sense uh no i would lean kind of towards a, a draw as well 
um, Will, what you're saying. I think that this is, it just could end up being so hyped up that it ends up being boring. <laughs> that's a, that's the outcome I could see happening. <clears throat> but as mentioned, we do need to talk just a little bit about this uh, situation in the Champions League. Um, uh, obviously, we don't necessarily have a huge amount to say about it because all we can do about the situation is react to the news of, of what's going on. You know, we're not exactly uh, um, disease experts or, or political experts, so <laughs> we, we can't give you any insight onto anything. But the news, of course, being that uh, there's going to have to be another venue, it looks like, for the, the first leg of the round of 16 matchup against uh, RB Leipzig. Um, as the the German government will not let Liverpool come in because of the uh, um, the, the the strange like mutations uh, of strains of COVID that have been going around the UK recently, um, so it's it's a weird situation involving that that the responsibility falls because it's a German government decision and not a like a UEFA decision. The responsibility falls on Leipzig to f- try to find a neutral site um, to play at. Um, and if that, for some reason, doesn't happen, like I, f- I feel like a lot of there's going to be somewhere in Europe that's like, yeah, we got an empty stadium. Come on. Um, but if that doesn't happen, then it would be a, a first leg forfeit for Leipzig, which seems unlikely. But that that's technically what could happen. Um, Alex, your quick reaction, uh, you know, as much of a reaction as we care to give <laughs> on a podcast where we just earlier railed about how reactions are dumb, <laughs> but, but your reaction to the news uh, of how that could affect um, like how we prepare for the next couple of weeks, next couple of matches. Uh, I'll preface it by saying I've been saying this forever Been saying this for years have not changed my opinion at all. Uh, I would like to put out Jerry world as a, a great venue to have this match. I think that it would, you know, it really get both teams into the atmosphere, uh, and I think it'd just be great for everybody involved. Uh, no, it, it's and as, just as we know, the state of Texas has little to no like COVID policies, right? <laughs> right. You can lick anybody you want. It's great. <laughs> uh, it's, it's so. I don't know if we could actually keep that in or if like the CDC will censor us and, and it's take true. down the podcast. You know? Where's the lie? Where's the lie? I, I'm stopping there. I don't know. Nothing I say is going <laughs> to add any more value than that. So I'm done. <laughs> oh. <coughs> so yeah, uh, Will, I guess. <laughs> How do you think this affects our, uh, our plans for the next few matches? I don't know how the rules work. Like, would they, they just for like, there's no hope of a postponement, right? It's just a forfeit if yeah. they can't adhere to the schedule. From Yeah. From uh, what I, I was reading. That really sucks for Leipzig. Right. Um, and it, well, it kind of sucked. Like I was excited about that draw too. That was before we had seven more injuries <laughs> after the, but now, but like, do they come to like London and we play at Wembley or something? Who knows? Because also you got to think like, they don't want, the English teams coming into Germany, but the German teams will have to re-enter. And so like that's, you know, did they forfeit Bundesliga, Bundesliga games on the back end? Uh, I don't know how that works, you know, 
I haven't talked to Angela Merkel in a while, but like the, I don't know exactly. Uncle Uncle Merkel? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, It's, uh, it's, it's interesting. It kind of, it just sucks. But as long as we don't, we suck at Anfield. So as long as we don't play at Anfield, we should be okay. (laughs) We're we're a trash team at home. Mm Mm-hmm. Always the sad part is we've proven that home field advantage is a lie, but mm-hmm. moving to a neutral venue actually helps them because they wouldn't be the home team anymore. Right. Right. It's right. It's it's actually a more interesting matchup if neither team is the home team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be they, it's gonna be weird. Do they have fans in Germany yet? They did, but they don't anymore. Okay. So it's that's good then. I thought and you were I thought you were trying to ask if if Leipzig, like, like, like as they a, actually as a team had fans because like mm-hmm. they they're they just a manufactured like, team. Yeah, so young and, and mm-hmm. manufactured. Yeah, sports drink team. I just wondered if that like, do they actually have fans? Do they actually have any fans? No, uh, I I don't know. It'd be inter- It's it's going to be interesting. I can't really see them forfeiting. They'll figure something no, out. There's got to be. Yeah, there's got to be a way to. I saw that as an option. I was like, yeah, sure, but like. I mean, there's got to be so many places that would absolutely love to just say, yeah, we hosted a, a Champions League matchup right over here. N- neither team had any relation to us at all, but like they needed a place. We had a place, you know? Come on. I, they've got a farm league team in Austria. So right. like, it's pretty obvious <laughs> where this is going to end up, I feel. Yeah, it just seems to make sense, but... It'll be weird. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. It just was such a, a weird situation. I feel like we had to at least mention it on the episode because you just don't see this sort of thing every day. What Right when you think, hey, we've been in this whole mess and we've been navigating this pandemic for almost a year now, so like we've probably seen everything that could happen. This happens and you're like, oh, wait, no. Nope, this is this is still it. All right, well, that's going to wrap things up on this episode of You'll Never Talk Alone. Uh, an episode that went all over the place, um, including a lot of content we're trimming out. <laughs> that uh, <laughs> we just, we'll, we'll save it just for ourselves. Um, but, it, it, I mean, a lot to talk about simply because there's always a lot going on right now. I mean, we mentioned a second ago, but there's three really huge matches in the the span of like a one week, you know, (laughs) like this is insanity. Uh, It's like barely what nine days, but for between Manchester city, Leicester city, and then this champions league matchup against Leipzig. It's just insanity. Oh my gosh. I didn't even notice that there was the Derby match on the 20th Mm -hmm. right after that. Mm-hmm. How did I miss that? This is the shortest month of the year, and we are going to have six matches during it. Mm-hmm. Six. That's That's just they, they've got to do something. They got it. They this, won't. This, no, they, they won't. absolutely not. But this is this is terrible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely terrible. All right. It's so that's good. Games. What was that? It's not nearly enough games. Yeah, when we say they got to do something about it, we mean they need to add more matches to this. Like, that's only six matches in the span of 28 days. It's nothing. It should be, what, 14 matches, one every other day? I think that's fair. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. that's fair. All it's right. not far off from where we're at now. 
Yeah, pretty much. So if our team can survive the next month, then, uh, you know, we'll have plenty to talk about again. Um, Because it feels like we'll have six matches to discuss by the time we record another episode. Um, But it's so much going on, a lot of big stuff. But at at the same time, a lot of stuff that is probably for the best that we don't overreact to. We'll have the, uh, you know, uh, next time we get together and record, we will have our, hopefully, uh, pretty well-thought-out, level-headed reactions to things um, and not a, a gut overreaction. But, you know, we, we try to we try to be the best we can uh, for this, a podcast that we do as fans for free for absolutely no one to listen to. <laughs> it's fun. So for Alex and Will, I'm Joseph Craven. We're going to wrap things up on this episode of You'll Never Talk Alone by uh, sending it over. This is something I wanted to try out, see if it works out for this episode. But we're going to send it over to another member of the podcast team, Andrew Ainsworth, to sign us out. It's pretty good. I think it'll work, guys. I think we we got our sign out. He always comes through for us. It's just incredible.